I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. They seem to be in full-scale retreat from spending cuts and are talking about raising people's taxes again. And I have only one thing to say to the tax increasers. Go ahead, make my day. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. Those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. Conduit News Radio with Paul Harrell is on now. Hey folks, hey, welcome to the program on this New Year's Eve. Happy New Year to everybody out there as uh, we get uh, ready to do another one. I mean, another 365 days. Who knows what's going to happen this year uh, in 2020. My goodness. I mean, it has been a wild 2019 and uh, here we go. I mean, we're we're gonna we're going right into this big election year. There's going to be so much to talk about, so much on the presidential side. I mean, and I, you know, I'm excited about that because uh, this really will uh, be one for the history books. You know what I mean? And I know everybody says that uh, you know this election or that election is the most important election, and that you know in our lifetime, and that gets pretty boring. Um. <clears throat> I mean, you might have, in hindsight, that might actually be what 2016 was just because of everything that was at stake, the radical left that Hillary Clinton represented, the Supreme Court seats that were uh, up, that are now still really up with Ruth Bader Ginsburg or maybe even others uh, coming off of the court uh, in the future. So that'll certainly be an issue in 2020. But in 2016, I mean, if you remember... I was convinced that uh, religious freedom would have been totally redefined as we know it today if Hillary Clinton would have won the White House. There's no question about that in my mind. And so I I consider uh, the Supreme Court picks alone by the president to be such a blessing uh, to essentially have a government, at least for the foreseeable future, that is going to maintain a certain status quo of religious freedom. Now, I think there's some ground that we need to take back, uh, quite honestly, about what religious freedom actually means in our Constitution. But at least for the time being, uh, if the goal is to go about uh, our life, uh, me personally as a Christian, preaching the gospel of peace, being able to do that uh, uh, we, without fear that the government's going to do what they're doing in China. Did you, did you see what is going on in China? Hang on one second. I, I I tweeted about this. I couldn't believe this um, the uh, the other day. Um, this was after I got off the air. I saw that China has now officially, um, according to this one report, saying that uh, the, the Bible needs to be rewritten because it's just not pro-Chinese communist government. Yeah, here it is. I, I had like a three-tweet post here. Hang on, let me, I'll show this to you guys. Those of you who are watching the program uh, up at facebook.com, let me, let me show you what I tweeted out yesterday. This is, uh, this is three of three here. Hang on one second. You can follow me. Those of you listening uh, at Paul Harrell, 1776. Um, 
Uh, first of all, I quoted uh, th- I quoted this book, uh, uh, How Should We Then Live, Francis Schaeffer, theologian. Uh, this is what he said. He said, if we as Christians do not speak out as authorit- authoritarian governments grow from within or come from outside, eventually we or our children will be the enemy of society and the state. No truly authoritarian government can tolerate those who have real absolute by which to judge its arbitrary absolutes and who speak out and act upon that absolute. And the third tweet is this story. China orders pro-communist Bible revision admits Bible is anti-communist. Hmm. It's uh, from a website called nationalfile.com. Now think about that for a second. Huh. Let me reread you this quote again, Francis Schaeffer. If we as Christians do not speak out as authoritarian governments grow from within or come from outside, eventually we or our children will be the enemy of society and the state. No truly authoritarian government. I think Chinese, the Chinese government is a truly authoritarian government. No truly authoritarian government can tolerate those who have real absolute by which to judge its arbitrary absolutes and who speak out and act upon that absolute. Well, let me just give you an example of uh, an arbitrary absolute. Uh, one example of an arbitrary absolute would be that uh, life begins uh, when the mother decides that it's life. Life begins at nine months. Life begins when the baby's outside of the womb. Those are arbitrary absolutes, and the government has since had to draw new lines in the sand, right? I mean, look at the laws that have passed. Look at where we are in abortion versus where we were here in Arkansas in the 90s when people thought, ah, it's just a clump of cells, right? Those are just arbitrary lines being drawn in the sand by men, but when the baby is conceived, that is a new human life. It is an absolute that that's what it is. Just an example. And I bring specifically Roe versus Wade up here because this theologian that I'm quoting, Francis Schaefer, in his uh, video series, How Should We Then Live?, he was shooting it shortly after the 1973-74 verdict where he said Roe versus Wade is essentially uh, abandoning the Christian consensus of our country. It's now over, and so what comes next is vast immorality and an overreacting government that's going to try to manage the citizens' immorality. And then that cycle continues. Uh, and I think we see this locally. Uh, for example, um, you know, there's a lot of people uh, where I'm, where I am uh, here up in northeast Arkansas, that are talking about, uh, uh, you know, getting these these sky cops. Have you heard about sky cops? Sky cops are these um, these towers or these uh, systems uh, able to monitor uh, in maybe high crime areas. Um, the, the first time I saw one, when I was over in Memphis, and there was one in the uh, the Bass Pro Shop parking lot. It was one of those, um, uh, it, you know, it was more like a, a, a makeshift tower that is, you know, portable, if you will, but it's got, it's got uh, microphones on it. It can sense gunfire. Obviously, it's got video. You've got somebody monitoring it. The idea is that, you know, the presence there is going to deter crime, and if there is crime, there's an eye in the sky. They can get officers there fast enough, and this is because there's an uptick uh, uh, in, in shootings and violent crime and this ever-increasing morality, and the government's response is, is to attempt to put a camera so that they can watch what you're doing. Now, I, I heard, uh, you know, I, 
to me, I have great concern with this because I think it's a very slippery slope. At the same time, I totally understand why people would come to the logical conclusion that we need to have a camera on every corner. That's what New York City's done. Okay, that's what uh, uh, that's what uh, they've done across the pond over in Europe. They've been doing this for a long time. A lot of people don't know that they swapped out the magnetic sensors and the stoplights, and those are now cameras, by the way, and they could feed that to a central source, and the NSA would easily have access to it. I guess my, my point is, is if you're going to advocate for uh, uh, more, more government control, more, more observation, you have to understand that we quickly have the technology to enslave ourselves because the next step is, well, you know, if we just put a camera in everybody's home, that would also give the government more control and we'd be able to do what's right. We'd be able to con- try to stop bad things from happening. That's what all this is, is we're trying to stop bad things from happening. And uh, it is a slippery slope. To not to not understand that we have the technology now to enslave ourselves is like watching the Terminator movies and thinking that Skynet is a good idea. Let's create that. It'll make our lives so much better. We have to understand that the technology that we have now is is fast going to be easily the more immoral we come as a population the larger government gets to try to control the immoral population immoral people will always find a way to break laws the more and more people that understand that you know <laughs> they they have freedom and they they don't have any responsibility with that freedom then we're having problems and that's where we are right now but that's where china is i, I want you to understand something with China, and yes, with Arkansas doing all this business with the communist Chinese, I'm very embarrassed. But, I mean, if you look at the government that they're setting up and you're looking at the, the Silicon Valley tech giants like Google that are helping them enslave their population further, they're coming up with something called a social credit score, uh, which is already being implemented. They This is what they want to do here. This is their vision for what they want to do here. A social credit score, which means... You know what? If you associate with the wrong people and they'll be able to track you, your social credit score goes down. They're doing this in China right now. The lower your social credit score is, the less amenities you have access to. So if you go to the wrong website that the government doesn't really want you to go, your social credit score gets hit. Likewise, if you associate with the right kind of people, the pro-communist kind of people, your social credit score will go up and you'll be able to ride the subway and where you weren't yesterday because you went to the wrong website. Likewise, if you go to church in China and you're a Christian it is safe to say that your social credit score is going to go down. What a total travesty. Again, if we as Christians, this is Francis Schaeffer, if we as Christians do not speak out as authoritarian governments grow from within or come from outside, okay, so the authoritarian elements of our own government here in America we need to speak out against. The authoritarian governments that we see around the world we also need to speak out against, he's saying. Why? Because if we don't, eventually we or our children will be the enemy of society in the state. Now, why is that? Because no truly authoritarian government can tolerate those who have real absolute. What What's the absolute truth that Christians claim to have? The Word of God in the Bible. Okay, 
to those uh, can tolerate those who have real absolute by which to judge the governments, the totalitarian governments, arbitrary absolutes that change from one day to the next depending on, I don't know, just the capricious, fallen nature of man. We've talked about the new clergy in our society, which are the news priests, the news anchors can can condemn you or absolve you by an ever-rotating moral, ever moral wheel of fortune from one day to the next to fit their agenda. Right, These arbitrary absolutes that constantly change because they're not based on actual truth. Here is the actual article. Let me click on it here. I'll show it to you. Um, <clears throat> China orders pro-communist Bible revision admits Bible is anti-communist. Church forced to change name to follow the party, obey the party, and be grateful to the party. Uh, again, from nationalfile.com, the Communist Party of China plans to rewrite the Christian Bible, functionally destroying thousands of years of Christian faith and history after failed attempts to force Christian churches and faithful uh, to abide by its standards. The Chinese Communist Party leaders have determined to rewrite the Bible to better reflect their own agenda. In November, a group of 16 representatives of different religions from the Central Committee of the Communist Party of China were ordered by Wang Yang, chairman of the Chinese People's Political Cons uh, Consultative Conference, to address the teachings of uh, the Bible and other religious texts and rewrite the, quote, radical portions to reflect China's national progressive stand. Mr. Mr. Wang stressed that religious authorities must follow President Xi's uh, instructions and interpret the ideologies of different re religions in accordance with, quote, the core values of socialism, end quote, and, quote, the requirements of the era. This according to a French newspaper, uh, Lee uh, Figaro reported. So so there you have it. I mean, why do they have, why do they feel the need to do this? Why do they feel the need to, well, it's, it's because, first of all, I was talking with a, I was talking with a friend of mine, uh, this was probably a month or so ago. Who who has uh, you know been in a pro been approached to do some writing for China, uh, you know for for uh, certain uh, productions and things like that. Um, for, for example, so if you're if you're uh, uh, wanting to perform something over in China, uh, let's say uh, a show or something, any sort of in, anything inter entertainment value over in China, China's you know receptive to it, you know to have American acts come in, right? But ev but everything you do has got to go through some government department, and and literally anything that paints, uh, like if you were going to tell a story to kids or uh, do some sort of theatrical production or some sort of you know acting stage play, whatever, any character that you have who's playing. Someone in a position of government authority it doesn't have to be the Chinese government. It could be a story about anybody. It could be, it could be a story about a magical fairy tale land. Okay, but this is the mayor of this magical fairy tale land. That person has to be one hundred percent right all the time. Cannot be seen oppressing the main characters. Cannot be seen as the antagonist at all. Okay, they make you rewrite the whole thing. So what do you think they they, they think when they read the Bible? Okay, I'm just kind of doing some deductions here, but they, they see a man, Jesus, in the New Testament specifically, okay? Just, just take the New Testament. But you could also take the Old Testament. You know, you could take Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying, no, 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 I'm not going to bow. And what does the government do? Well, okay, we're going we're gonna to kill you. 
oh, wait, the government can't kill you because you were saved? You were thrown into the fire, but you didn't burn? That's very offensive to the communist government of China. I can promise you that. The Chinese government was wrong and put on public notice, basically put on blast that they don't have the power they claim. What about King Nebuchadnezzar? Sorry, I said I was going to New Testament. Let's stay in the Old Testament. What about King Nebuchadnezzar, a guy who was, you know, ruler of all and was so haughty and God humbled him, right? I mean, wait a second. That can't happen because we are we are the, the ultimate power in this world. No, you're not. But that's what they think. Then you take a guy, you take the son of God, you take Jesus, who not only disrupts the Jewish government of the day, right, and has the the Pharisees and the Sadducees scratching their heads, pointing out how they're hypocrites, pointing out how they're wrong, pointing out how they've missed the message. They can't, how blind they are, that they can't see the fulfillment of prophecy is here. Then you look at the Roman government, where you have Jesus talking with Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate is asking him, are you a king? Then you have the whole thing where the government crucified an innocent man. The government doesn't make mistakes like that. The government isn't, isn't the Chinese government can't possibly have sentenced an, sentenced an innocent man to death. You see how offensive? Just that alone. If you know that about the Chinese, that they vet everything that they let their citizens consume. They vet it, and they don't want anyone in a position of authority to be uh, portrayed or communicated as being fallible. Once you know that, oh my goodness, they would have to rewrite the Bible. The whole thing is about kingdoms rising and falling and, and a higher power being responsible for the whole thing. The New Testament says that it is God who is actually sovereign over who heads all governments, all nations. That's why they've got to change the Bible. That's why they've got to rewrite it. That's why they're tearing down churches. That's why they're persecuting Christian brothers and sisters over there right now. And it's not just Christians, it's also Muslims, the Weigers. We we talked to uh, uh, an advocate for that group a couple of weeks ago. And all the while, all the while, Arkansas is wanting to do business with people with this type of ideology and this type of totalitarian mindset. It is a freakish mindset. It is an anti-liberty mindset. And that's what we want to do business with. All the while, the governor's law firm is taking money from the same Chinese Entities, the same Chinese entities that we are giving, that the governor has given taxpayer money to. So what, the only thing I can think of, folks, we'll just ignore, we'll ignore who China really is for money. That's, that's what I think. We're going to take a break we got to take a one-minute break here. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back here in just a moment. Need your daily news fix? Don't forget to tune in to Conduit News Radio with Paul Harrell. 
All right, I want to remind everybody, so uh, have a happy new year, obviously. Uh, we're going to be uh, chilling tomorrow. I'm going to be, uh, you know, uh, celebrating the new year on New Year's Day. Uh, but when we come back, uh, we won't be on the radio anymore. So starting Jan- – sorry, I got all this stuff going on in my ear that's not only there. <laughs> we won't be on the radio anymore. Uh, we're going to be uh, on condomnews.com. Check out condomnews.com right now. Uh, also, uh, we want you to go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the little bell to receive notifications. Uh, we've got uh, really going to be good stuff for you. Got to have basically new format, new shows. So check it out. Okay, that's what's happening uh, starting on uh, Thursday of this week. And we're going to hit the ground running. So, and we're going to we're going to power through. We're going to still uh, bring you the same great uh, news insights that you get here with uh, an Arkansas focus. Uh, so you definitely don't want uh, to miss this. Um, let's see, watching the clock here, holding the fort down by myself. Um, here we go. We have a few of your comments here uh, on the Facebook page. Let's see here. Uh, Jenny writing, very slippery slope, just like the Patriot Act. That's very much true. By the way, like, remember when Chuck Schumer and James Comey were on their high horse with John Ashcroft, Alberto Gonzalez, in the George W. Bush administration. The Patriot Act provision was going to expire. They put all of this pressure. Remember that when James Comey was like, they put all this pressure on me and I just wouldn't do it. Remember all that? Huh. That was all just a bunch of, uh, that was just all a bunch of posturing. I mean, that's the one reason a lot of people thought James Comey was somebody who wasn't. And I'm talking years ago, not now. Obviously, we know who he is now. But a lot of people thought he was a man of principle. No, 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 not at all. He's just uh, looking out for himself. But, yeah, the the Patriot Act, definitely. Uh, Jenny Olsen saying, don't forget Dietrich Bonhoeffer and how it turned out in Germany. It is coming to China and to American Christians. Well, I, I certainly hope not, uh, Jenny, but it's in China. Uh, I, Dietrich uh, Bonhoeffer, it's funny, I was uh, looking at this uh, book by Eric Metaxas. I got this book by Eric Metaxas for Christmas. I think I told you guys a little bit about it. Um, it's called Donald Drains the Swamp. Eric Metaxas has written 30-something books, most of them uh, very, very good historical biographies, one of them on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. You can check that out. Again, Eric Metaxas, uh, it's just called Bonhoeffer, and he's got several others. But one of his newer books is called Donald Drains the Swamp. It's a children's book you can read to your kids at bedtime about a caveman named Donald who loved to build caves, and everybody wanted a cave built by Donald. The people were tired of their king not listening to them. They couldn't get to their king because he lived in a white house and the swamp creatures in the swamp wouldn't let the citizens actually talk to the king. They would get in the way. Then they found out the swamp water is green, not because it's a swamp water, but because it's actual money. And Donald decides to dig a trench because the people ask him to, to drain the swamp. Check it out. It's by Eric Metaxas. It's really good. Exposing the truth and everything the Marble Palace establishment keep trying to cover up. It's Conduit News Radio with Paul Harrell. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the show this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. The telephone number, if you want to text me, 870 275 9799. 
We're up and broadcasting, though, on the Facebook page and the YouTube channel, uh, but uh, Facebook.com slash Conduit News, if you want to check that out. Also, uh, again, please subscribe to the YouTube channel as we make this transition going all digital starting on Thursday. Uh, you want to click the little bell to receive notifications. All right, so there's a new book out. Uh, it's called uh, Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. It's by a gentleman by the name of Dylan Howard, and Dylan is on the line with us right now. Dylan, how are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, this is uh, fascinating to me. Um, you, you are, first of all, you're the Vice President and Chief Content Officer at American Media uh, Inc., uh, where you uh, oversee U.S. Weekly and OK In Touch, RadarOnline.com. Radar uh, what can you tell us about this new book that, you, that you've that you got out called Dead Men Tell No Tales about Jeffrey Epstein? Well, essentially the, the, the revelation as part of this book is a remarkable story and one which on the very surface many people will discount, but when you piece together the puzzle, it is abundantly clear who Jeffrey Epstein was. Not only was he a controlling and manipulative figure who sex trafficked underage women, he was also an individual whom was working as a international spy for Israeli's Mossad, using the classic honey trap system in which the rich and powerful that he associated with were being set up, recorded, not necessarily always in the most nefarious sexual circumstances, but the conversations that he was having with those individuals was being passed back on to intelligence. Now, it's easy to say, sure, that sounds like a conspiracy theory, but consider this. As part of our research in Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales, we speak to a former Israeli spy by the name of Ari Ben Mashani. Ari Ben Mashani happened to be the handler, the person who would look after the asset, if you like, the spy. Um, and he, in the 1980s, was the spy handler for Robert Maxwell. Robert Maxwell is the father of Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell is Jeffrey Epstein's former lover and the woman who is said to have procured these young women for Jeffrey Epstein, a claim that she has denied, but nevertheless is being investigated by the FBI for being a co-conspirator. Now, Ari Ben Mashani in Epstein's Dead Men Tell No Tales explains about a, nine, a late a 1980s interaction in which the business of Robert Maxwell was handed off to Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein. Wow. I mean, that, that's just, that's such a lot of information right there. Okay, so you're saying, uh, so he, he was intelligence. So I want to remind the audience. So the former Labor Secretary of the Trump administration took a lot of heat when all this came out because there were charges they're supposed to be brought against Jeffrey Epstein, uh, significant ones, and Alexander Acosta essentially uh, let him off. And it, when he, it was reported that he said the reason he let him off is because he was told Jeffrey Epstein was intelligence. Now, I've talked to some attorneys that say, you know what, that may be, but if you're going to let somebody off 
on these type of charges, there needs to be some sort of documentation. Like, give me a document. Uh, you know, give me something I can point to that says this is why that didn't happen as far as I'm concerned, which is why everybody, you know, was so mad at uh, the former labor secretary, uh, former prosecutor down in uh, down in South Florida. Well, I believe Alex Acosta was essentially a patsy in all of this. The reality is, uh, again, as part of our investigation, myself and my co-authors who have been covering this case for five years, unearthed a document that would have actually, if Jeffrey Epstein agreed, avoided a grand jury, and he would have served zero jail time. So he was actually offered an even sweeter deal than what he ultimately ended up accepting, which goes to show that there were forces at play. And also think about this. The FBI accumulated more than 32 women who had alleged that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked them in the 2000s. Yet despite that, the FBI handed this off to local law enforcement, and local law enforcement prosecuted the case, when the U.S. government at a federal level had the opportunity to take this case head-on and chose not to. And the question has to be asked, why? I don't think that Alex Costa by any stretch of the imagination, is the individual that we should be looking at saying, uh, Alex, explain yourself. I think it goes much higher and much deeper. Mm. Yeah, no, I would. I, I think I agree with that for sure. Um, it, it's just incredible. I mean, what do you do if you're the in, in, in his situation, you know? I was told he was intelligent to let him go. I mean, you know, you, 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 you're going to, I think most people are going to be like, Okay, I'm gonna let this guy go. Exactly. I mean, it would be a, it, not to say that it was a good thing to do. It wasn't, but I mean, if if it's if he's as connected as what you're saying, and uh, well, let's just get to the let's just get right to it. You think he killed himself? Well, I do think he killed himself. Okay, but I think the circumstances under which he did kill himself are very questionable. Nobody in law enforcement would allow somebody who tried to commit suicide two weeks earlier back into regular prison population. It just doesn't happen. They're put into solitary confinement and they're not given the means or mechanism by which to kill themselves. Instead, Jeffrey Epstein was. So I believe that there is something nefarious behind uh, his death. I believe that he was given the opportunity to kill himself, which he did. And I believe that, again, we've merely scratched the surface mm. about what took place behind the scenes. I think you'll find in 2020, as the House Democrats have requested documents related to his suicide and related to the sweetheart deal, that the unraveling of the Epstein conspiracy is going to become one of the biggest stories of the year. And those that it implicates, I believe, will be at the very highest level of U.S. government. So you mentioned uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, so shortly after, I think it was shortly after the death of Jeffrey Epstein, she spotted at a burger joint reading a book called The Book of Honor, The Secret Lives and Deaths of CIA Operatives. Did you see that photo? And I thought that photo was more of a message than anything. 
Well, it was, uh, but also it was a photo that wasn't real. It was doctored. The billboard in the background was outdated. The book itself was seemingly a jibe uh, or a jab at at, at, uh, at authorities. And that is the great where's Waldo type question at the moment. Where is Ghislaine Maxwell? Well, last week it was reported that the FBI wants to talk to her. Well, that's no secret. Uh, but if Ghislaine Maxwell was operating for Israeli intelligence, it would be a fair bet to assume that she's being protected somewhere under a witness protection program, um, out of harm's way, because she essentially is the custodian of the Epstein blackmail file. She knows everything that Jeffrey Epstein knew. And if she was working for Israeli intelligence, she now is obviously prime target 101 for federal authorities here in the US, but also around the world. Think about Prince Andrew and England. Prince Andrew is is up to his neck in this. And I'm sure, from what I understand, that British intelligence are very concerned about the information that Maxwell and Epstein accumulated on Prince Andrew. So they too have a vested interest in trying to find Ghislaine Maxwell, protecting her to ensure that the Crown is also protected. Wow. Okay, so here's my next question. We're talking with Dylan Howard. He's the author of this book, Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. So if Epstein was an intelligent or working for intelligence and he's got all of this stuff, he's got his island that's very, very weird and creepy, he's a sex trafficker, he's doing these, these, these honey traps, if you will. How many? I mean, you look at these flight logs, Dylan. And and, and and America specifically has had for a long time such a disconnect with our politicians and our government. We don't understand so many times why a politician will say one thing on the campaign trail, but they won't actually act on it once they get into power. They won't try to reform the corruption. Is it? Is it? I mean, how many of our elected officials over the years have been being blackmailed? That that seems to be what you're saying here. Well. It- the, the reality is Jeffrey Epstein spent a lot of time with a lot of powerful people. And I'm not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that people like Bill Clinton, uh, Bill Richardson, others that have been linked to him were involved in nefarious sexual activity. But I can assure you one thing. They weren't talking about the NBA playoffs. So... Whenever these individuals were in the company of Jeffrey Epstein, everything they said and did was being recorded. How do I know that? I've seen hundreds of photos inside his home. Each room had a camera. They were all rigged up to one central room, which then fed into an office, and that office had industrial-sized photocopying machines, and everything was being recorded and stored on uh, devices. So consider that during the time that Bill Clinton spent with Jeffrey Epstein, his wife was a senator and she was also the Secretary of State. They weren't talking about the New York Knicks in the playoffs. 
<laughs> I was talking about international diplomacy and international issues. Information which was very highly valuable to foreign governments. And Jeffrey Epstein trafficked in that information. So the amount of people that were compromised by their association with this heinous character is significant. What he passed on, we don't know. Now, under freedom of information laws, when someone dies, the FBI seemingly has to turn over their entire case file into someone's death. The FBI has not. And myself and my investigators have actually sought to have that file released, unredacted, through those laws and have sued the FBI to do so. The FBI has so far delivered a, a cache of documents that is heavily redacted, almost oppressively redacted, that prevents the information about these types of questions that you're asking from being released, which again, to me, points to the very fact that there is more to this story and answers have been in short supply and remain in short supply to this very moment. Wow. That's uh, absolutely uh, absolutely uh, fascinating. I, I just hope, Dylan, and I know you hope as well, that the truth comes out. And especially I'm hoping it comes out this year. You know, I, I, I hope it's uh, I hope the concept of the year 2020 gives us a 2020 vision and in, 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 into all these matters because it's so important. I mean, the people need to know the truth. Well said. Very well said. Well, Dylan, I appreciate it, sir. Uh, thank you so much. It's great to meet you. Keep up the good work. Happy New Year. Yes, sir. Happy New Year to you as well. Folks, we're going to make a YouTube video of this. Put it up at the uh, YouTube page, Conduit News. Uh, Please subscribe. Click the little bell to receive notifications. And uh, we're going to take a break. Going to reset here, and we'll be back in just a moment. Folks, as a taxpayer or business owner, I know the government rarely gives the people a break. Big government politicians seem to always want more money from us taxpayers. So if you want to support the work that we're doing here at Conduit News, bringing you the truth, then why not consider giving less money to the government that never stops overspending and overtaxing us by giving a tax-deductible donation to Conduit for Commerce, the premier organization in Arkansas that never stops promoting small business and limited government. Just go to conduitforcommerce.org and click on support our cause. From there, you can decide if you want to donate monthly or one time. Give the government that's using your tax dollars to grow and grow less and give the people fighting for your values more. Go to conduitforcommerce.org right now. Money, power, prestige. Available now from aristocrats serving Arkansas. From Zenata Rhino Collection. The fragrance of backroom deals. Deals. Nepotism. The aroma of higher taxes. Subliminal. 
subliminal deception right here in Arkansas by a taxpayer-funded Chinese factory. Every bottle carefully crafted for you. Nothing says aristocrat like essence of bureaucrat. Essence of bureaucrat by Asa. Available now in the Marble Palace gift shop. Paul Harrell parody. Determined to drain the swamp in Little Rock. It's Conduit News Radio with Paul Harrell. Okay, folks, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for being with us. Happy New Year to everybody out there on this New Year's Eve. I saw the <laughs> I saw the national uh, the uh, national news this morning on the way in, and we're like. Revelers are preparing to descend upon Times Square in New York City. Revelers? I mean, why would you call I guess that's what they are, but... (laughs) It's funny. I mean, that's that's actually calling a spade a spade. Revelers. uh, The revelers and the debauched are starting to gather in Times Square in New York City. I've often... (laughs) I've never wanted to go to these New Year's Eve as an adult, I guess. Like I maybe when I was, I, I don't know. I I am very weary of big cities in general. Don't like them. Um, I don't I don't like the uh, especially in this age post nine eleven. I don't like the target. You know that's that's on a major city. I so I'm just I'm not a I'm not a fan in any stretch of the imagination. And I guess for some reason. New Year's Eve celebrations in New York City or Los Angeles or wherever they are, they always remind me of the scene from Independence Day where the uh, the that that stripper is uh, uh, going to um, you know one's Will Smith's fiance and then the other's the 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 redheaded girl from the Saved by the Bell the College Years. I can't remember that actress's name, but anyway, she's going to meet the spaceship. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, see that's why I feel about big cities. You know what I mean? Like they're dumb enough to just like go up and and they're gonna meet the aliens and they have no and, and she's like it's so pretty and then it's just this giant blast and destroys everything. <laughs> when it comes to giant gatherings in cities, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm just I, I'll be honest. I'm scared. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't feel like I'm in control in those environments. You know, I mean, isn't that what we're we're all trying to be in control? Um. Some of your Facebook comments about this, uh, we just were talking with um, Dylan, um, who is the author of, uh, Dylan Howard, he's the author of this book, uh, Dead Men, uh, Epstein, uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Um, Of course, he says he thinks Epstein killed himself. He thinks he was given the opportunity to do it. And I'm thinking, okay, huh, as valuable as he was, why would he be given the opportunity? I don't know. 
Interesting, uh, interesting theory. I don't think he killed himself. There is literally nothing. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any way to convince me and a majority of Americans, a majority of people around the world, that Epstein actually killed himself. That's just my opinion. So I would disagree with him on that. Um, here is uh, some of your comments on this because uh, this was a. Uh, you guys were pretty. Uh, uh, Interested in this. Let's see here. Uh, Randy Epstein didn't kill himself. He was silenced because he was caught and they didn't want him talking about all that he knew. Uh, let's see here. We've got another one. Hello, Suicide Hotline. I'd like to make an appointment for my old friend Jeffrey Epstein. That's Dennis on Facebook writing that. What else do we have? Jackie writing, do you really think the Democrats are going to release anything about Epstein? And his activities and his associations with high-level Democrats. Okay. Um, what else do we have here? Oh, we got another one. I like this one. Randy. Um, there's so many texts coming in right now, I can't keep up. They are controlled by intimidation, blackmail, or threat. 90% become puppets. You know, you notice that question. That that, that was really it was on how many. If this is true, and this is serious, I mean, and I think it's a safe speculation. If it's true. That that's what Epstein was. He was an intelligence guy. He was gathering intelligence He and, and using it for blackmail. If that is true, how many of our politicians haven't been able to represent us, the people, because of blackmail? And it's got to be hundreds. You know what I'm saying? Go look at those flight logs. What else do we have here? Hmm. Um, Jackie, I'm not holding my breath on truth being unsurfaced in 2020. I got you. I know. I wouldn't hold my breath either. I'm just saying that's my hope. That's my hope. Uh, Lori, a different topic. Lori writing in, why does Asa Hutchinson want Syrian refugees here in Arkansas? That is a great question, Lori. That's a great question. Why does Asa Hutchinson want Syrian refugees here in Arkansas. If this was up to a vote, it wouldn't even be close. Let me say that again. If this was put to a vote of the people, the people would reject Asa Hutchinson and his wishes to bring Syrian refugees here. The vetting process is better. Mm, okay. Better. We're still taking people from a war-torn region that we don't know, and we have multiple examples of people from this area not assimilating. They, they basically sometimes, I hate to make these generalizations, but a lot of times they establish enclaves, and you, we see what's happened in Europe. We see the no-go zones. We see law enforcement. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, eventually you're going to enforce laws, and then you're an Islamophobe. Because you're enforcing to, you're enforcing these laws on these laws are affecting these this uh, religious community. It's 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 a total powder keg. It's a total setup, is what it is. I will tell you, the Arkansas General Assembly is not happy. Well, let me say this. Let me let me let me stop. There are people. There are some in the. Arkansas House and Arkansas Senate that are very upset about what the governor's doing. There are people uh, who are letting, you don't need to call the governor's office. Let me just tell you this right now. 
do not call the governor's office and, get, and, and express your dismay. He's not going to listen to you. He doesn't care. He doesn't need your vote. Do not do it. If you're going to do anything, you call your state rep or you call your state senator. You need to call both of them. And you need to respectfully express how concerned you are that we would bring people here from war-torn areas and not assume that that violence will follow them here because it will and it and it makes us less safe period okay and the reason i say you need to contact your legislator is because they are the only ones that could push back on this and this i'm telling you right now and this may be you never know it may be the straw that breaks breaks the camel's back when it comes to this blind loyalty to whatever the governor wants the legislator does i think we're nearing an end to that just you know just basically because of a lame duck concept but at some point call your legislator call your rep call your senator that's the thing to do here don't call the governor because he's not going to listen one more hour coming your way next